Hello, welcome to this audio episode of Good One Wilson. Is it a podcast? I guess it is. I've found the old Jilla Mintz audio from the early 2000s. Good one, Wilson! For those who remember the ad, they won't be as bewildered as those who don't. But it has been something that's been yelled at me over the years. And it's become the name of the Substack. Thank you to all the people that have subscribed. We're just a couple of subscriptions, free subscriptions off being at a thousand, which has been a great first few months for the newsletter slash blog. The reason I've recorded some audio for this episode is that the audio is beautiful for it. It is my interview with Uncle Jack Charles, the late Uncle Jack Charles, who passed away in mid-September. And this was recorded on the 8th of August. It's entirely possible that this is the last ever interview with Uncle Jack. And he was recording his beautiful ad that he made for the AFL. It was the eight stories, one ending promotion that ran right through the final series. And I was lucky enough to be the writer of that ad and wrote a substack about that. But what I didn't include was the thrill of attending the recording. And, and I put my phone out and started chatting to Uncle Jack. And in that incredible sonorous voice with his magnificent vocabulary and effortless fluency. He chatted to me for 20 minutes while he puffed on a cigarette and stood just outside the Palais Theatre trying to soak up a little bit of sun. And there is a moment in this chat where he asked me to move out of his sun. I don't like to think that in these last weeks I robbed Uncle Jack of some last moments of sun. But certainly over 79 years, he was an incredible part of Melbourne life. And it was wonderful to have this chat. And rest in peace, Uncle Jack, and my condolences to his family. Like this. You seem like you've got a lot on. I see you everywhere. Yeah. Popping up. Everywhere, yeah. Rich vein of uh, career, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's... I did one for Shine Lawyers. I don't do ads normally, but Shine Lawyers have been working tirelessly to uh, to get the money for the, the stolen money wages oh, yeah. for some of that mob over in the West yeah. and uh, South Australia or Northern Territory, one of that mob. A couple of them made these mobs here get, get doing the uh, class action about the wages, the oh, good. stolen wages. And what about the AFL? You, you like them, do you? Just oh, yes, yeah, It's yeah. like footy and... Yeah, well, that's a, you know, this is a promo. It's not an ad Yeah. per se, you know. But it's an ad that I, you know, because I, I watch footy and I I bury for Footscray anyway. Yeah, good on They've letting it down the last month, aren't they? Well, they've been letting us down every fucking year, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like Ernie Sickley. Yeah, well, what was, yeah, was the year? Because I wrote your last one that you did for him, the um, September one. It's yeah. a month, it's a month, that one. Yeah. And um, <laughs> was that the year the Bulldogs won? It might have been, you know. You might it could have been, been. I don't, yeah, yeah. good omen for them when you're yeah, the yeah, yeah. I don't like watching them play because it's disappointing, but I do watch uh, all the games, actually. I watch the soccer, I watch the rugby, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I always go for Redfern up there. Yeah, south, absolutely. You know. What are they called now, Redfern? Redfern, South. South, south Sydney. Yeah, yeah South yeah. Sydney. And, um, mm. 
And in the AFL, you've got have you got a favourite player? You're on the Jamara uh, bandwagon. Well, Eddie Eddie Betts. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm not above choosing uh, you know, somebody like Eddie. I, he had his launch book launch at readings last Friday. Oh yeah. Did Eddie, you go? Eh? Well, I I was riding in the rain when I spotted him and I stopped to say hello. But I got a friend of mine who sells a big issue outside readings to buy one and get Eddie to sign it for me. Oh, good work. Yeah. So, and, and are you, um, are you, are you uh, riding your bike still at 88? Yeah, still riding my bike. Good on you. Yes, yes. Uh, Physically pretty good? You're sore yeah. or you Well, you know, no, I'm, uh, um, I'm like Archie. I've got an emphysema. Yeah. But not as bad as him and that, you know. I mean, he had one lung removed anyway, and he's got other medical problems, diabetes and... This is Archie Roach. A couple of uh, Archie Roach. Yeah. But, uh, so you've got emphysema as a big issue, right? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's all I've got going for me, uh, emphysema and uh, old age, you know. Yeah. But um, I think it's because I'm uh, very much the optimist and uh, full of it and uh, uh, and uh, working all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still getting a lot of downtime to myself. And these downtimes, that's when I work in the community. Yeah, yeah. In my own sweet manner and then connect my family, you know, my nephews and my great nephews and nieces and etc. So I do all that, you know. Right, good. And um, zooming into prisons and uh, adult prisons and uh, youth detention centres. Right. So, um, so I don't know what the Archie Roach Foundation are going to be doing now that he's dead. Uh, We'll have a meeting and we'll talk about what, what's uh, what's the future for the Archie Roach Foundation. Yeah. You know now that he, he has passed on. But yes, uh, uh, three Saturdays ago I was at Collingwood Town Hall doing my show, a night with Uncle Jack Charles to a full house there. Yeah. Guest artist, you know, singing and that. And I never know with this show who's going to turn up, who's going to be singing until I see them backstage, you know, or in the green room. Yeah. And that, and uh, Bart Willoughby was the head show, headline act there. But there were three different singers and that, you know, it's great, great, uh, great show. I get to unleash about my unfulfilled wet dreams, my plans <laughs> and what's happening, yeah. my bitches, my woes, <laughs> you know, my successes and those losses, and then a Q&A too. What's your greatest yeah. success at this point, um, 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 my greatest success is um, is that I um, I made a big effort to stop the Atsi board, the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander board of the uh, Arts Council, and stopped them from asking us to prove our Aboriginalities when we were seeking dedicated Aboriginal arts funding. That was my great achievement, you know. You know, you know, I because they asked me to prove my Aboriginality way back. I was doing Secret River for Sydney Theatre Company, as a matter of fact, when they asked me, and I took exception to the request. And I didn't want to be in Sydney any longer than I could help, so I left the production, called Kate Blanchett, the cast crew and said, listen, I don't want to be here in Sydney any longer than I can help. I don't want to be here. You know, it's not your fault, Sydney Theatre Company. You know, I wanted to do this play, you know, Yellow Monday. 
I wanted to play him and I owed Sydney Theatre Company a lot. I owed Neil Armfield, the director. Bruce Spence was in the cast and that, but uh, no, no, I'm not wired to tolerate, you know, uh, this despicable, uh, you know, um, disrespectful behaviour by the peak federal funding government body, albeit an Aboriginal one, the Arts, ATSI Board of the Arts Council. And I remember Neil Armfield came up to me and said, Jack, if we suddenly do declare you as an Aboriginal, will you still do the show? And I said, you know, it's not going to happen, you know, uh, Neil, you know, I, I, you know, I love you and I thank you very much for, for tolerating me over so many years, you know. And this is the first time you were going to be seeing or directing me in a production where I wasn't using heroin, <laughs> you know, so I wanted to do that for you. Sydney Theatre Company, I wanted to show Sydney Theatre Company after all these years that they've been employing me, knowing full well I had this little foible of mine, yeah. a heroin addict, uh, you know, addiction. Uh, but yes, um, so so I had that win, uh, you know, uh, uh, coming back down to Melbourne and uh, taking an action against uh, uh, the ATSI board and telling them not to... Uh, I sued them. To, to remove that part of the policy from uh, anybody seeking dedicated Aboriginal arts funding. Stop asking us to prove our Aboriginality. You needed somebody strong like me to do it because there was nobody in the country that was game enough or full of it like I am to take them to task and say, no, stop it. You know, you're being racially vilifying me, disrespecting me the grandfather of Indigenous theatre, you, you had the gumption, the cheek, the temerity to ask me to prove my Aboriginality when I'm seeking $50,000 for a coffee table picture book I wanted to produce. No, Barley Charlie, you can't fucking do this to me, you know. So uh, I won't be in Sydney, you know, uh, ever, ever again until you acknowledge that I'm Aboriginal yeah. and you make it public and you apologise. Uh, well, it took them a while to come around who said, no, 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 just, you, you needed me at the next, before the end of the year to do uh, Belvoir up there, to do Corinderk, the story of Corinderk, you know. Uh, Il Bidri Theatre needed me up there, Belvoir Street Theatre. So he said, no, 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 I can't go into Sydney until this is resolved. So while that action was happening, Archie Rhodes picked me up because he found out that I was a unemployed and he said, well, you come and join me for my Enter the Bloodstream tour. <laughs> and straight away I was gamefully employed and touring all the, you know, the festival sites around Australia with Archie Roach as a member of his choir and also singing We Won't Cry song during the Paul Kelly bits with him. Uh, yeah. So you got the bald legend and the feral legend together <laughs> singing that song. I'd say it was the highlight of my life working with Archie Roach. And he did it because he knew that I was on a bender, this uh, particular bent, to uh, pull up uh, the ATSI Board of the Arts Council in relation to proof of Aboriginality. There were no white people in their droves going to the ATSI Board claiming to be Aboriginal when they're not seeking that dedicated Aboriginal arts funding. You know, I got our lawyers to ask their lawyers you know, to, um, how do you run a case like this, says Ron Merkel, a QC from Collingwood. He says, well, the idea is, over the past 32 years, 
We can't move until we know the numbers of how many white people they claim to have come in seeking dedicated Aboriginal arts funding, claiming to be Aboriginal when they're not. Were they charged with fraud and perjury? We need those numbers. So they came back and they said, uh, yes, uh, over the past 32 years, Uncle Jack, there were two. <laughs> two white people claiming to be Aboriginal. And so, well, I, I wouldn't have thought white people in the arts would do that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, somehow or another, I think that's uh, even that's a bit of a furphy. Because yeah. I've been told it's a bit of a furphy that there would be white people claiming Aboriginality when they're not in the arts. They don't do it. They have to go to the ordinary arts council and they don't have to prove anything. So, uh, so did you charge them with fraud and perjury? Yes, yes, is what happened. Well, they sued in return, Jack. What do you mean? Well, it's found out <laughs> that they were Aboriginal. <laughs> so <laughs> who were zero. they? Colin Johnson was one. Yeah, what, you haven't read Wildcat Falling? Rachel Massey, you're on the ATSI board. You're directing me in Corrindirk. You're directing me in Jack Charles versus the Crown, you know? And uh, you, this arts council that you're now working for, the ATSI board, you know, has got the cheek to ask me. They make no exceptions. No, 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 Rachel. I'll never perform on any Sydney stage until this is resolved. So she must have really got into their heads because I said, look, the, re the next generation of Aboriginal people are going to be red hair, hazel eyed, blonde hair, blue eyed, and they'll hold uh, tenaciously with fingertip grip onto their indigeneity and you've got to believe them. The point of fact is that you're contributing to the notion that we Indigenous people are still the most distrusted people in the nation. And here you are, a peak federal funding government body, albeit an Aboriginal one, and you're behaving like white people. You know, so pull up, do the right thing, don't ask me to, and give me my 50 grand. <laughs> well, I, I didn't, uh, they, they did apologise and they said, put in for that grant again. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going through I don't want any more money. I don't want you to fund me in anything in the future. You know, once bitten, twice shy. Don't want to be beholden to you, mob. You know, you're racist, you know. And so, um, uh, and then a couple of years later, those same people ring me up and said, Uncle Jack, uh, We've chosen you to be this year's uh, ATSI board uh, um, 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 Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> An uncle that comes with 50 grand. <laughs> that sounds very funny. Yeah, very it is. It's funny, isn't it? Eh? Stand up and take it from them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So you needed. There was nobody in the country that was willing to go up and, and help me with it. Yeah. Except white people. The, uh, I know Ron Merkel pretty well. He's a good man. Who? Ron Merkel. Ah, Uncle Rod, we call him, yes. Yeah. He's a lovely bloke, Ronnie. Yeah, he's been a bit crook too lately. Has he? Okay. He's come back from overseas and that, I heard. Yeah. But yeah, yes, we're all uh, getting on. You know? The emphysema might be helping your voice, though, Jack. You're sounding, huh? you're sounding amazing up there. It's got... Um, it's got... Um, Deeper and deeper, don't you think? Yeah, I thought so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have any memories? I've, I've turned on the recorder, if you don't mind. Am I able to yeah. put, do the story you just told about the yeah. Atsy? The what? Can I um, yeah. write up that story? Yeah, yes, yeah, of course you can. The, um, the other no, one... no, because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm having trouble even now, you know. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dan Andrews, uh, you know, openly admitted in Parliament 
some time ago, I was over in New Zealand doing Black Ties with Elbidri Theatre and the Maori Theatre Company in collaboration with this show. Black Ties, Mark Cole Smith was the main star in it, bloody lovely actor. He's taken over Aaron Pedersen's role in Mystery Road, Origin, yeah, yeah. the new one. So he's playing a young Aaron Pedersen before he... Uh, anyway, um, um, uh, when I got back from um, New Zealand, just as the borders closed, we got there just be before the borders closed, way back then, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, Fitzroy Free Legal Service rang and he said, oh, congratulations, Unc, you had a success. Said, what do you mean? Well, I was going into Parliament before I left to do the rehearsals, going into Parliament as a series of inquiries in Parliament as to the reason why we elders believe that certain criminal records could be expunged within the space of three, five and ten years. And um, and uh, it eventuated that uh, I was there for the reading in the lower house of that bill. Uh -huh. So I knew the opposition were taking it serious. They did say that they did hope fervently that uh, uh, they hoped that Uncle Jack wasn't going too soft on crime. <laughs> <laughs> But they knew what I was on about because I needed to give those young ones in our youth detention centres and adults in our prisons uh, to the, a light that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, we are working, elders working to uh, make this happen, to have uh, the possibilities of their criminal records expunged. We know that there are some crimes that could never be expunged, but we're not interested in that. We're just interested in the in the, in the average crimes that, um, you know, if you've got a criminal record, you are confounded with that for the rest of your life. It's a life sentence. Yeah. Well, no judge ever sentenced many of us to a life sentence, but we are suffering this. So the idea is that Daniel Andrews put his own bill while I was away touring in New Zealand with black ties. Um, and um, he said that the solar, that, um, uh, yeah, he put his own bill in um, uh, to the upper chamber and, um, uh, and it, it came legislated. He called it the spent conviction scheme. So we have a spent conviction scheme here in Victoria. And then also, uh, when I got back, Kutcher Edward rang up, Cousin Kutch, and uh, Kutcher, and he said, uh, Jack, uh, while you're away, Dan Andrews admitted in Parliament that the stolen generations was in and of itself a form of genocide. So he'll have a redress team developed. Well, it's come to pass now, okay, this redress team. It's only happened recently, NAIDOC week, you know, when the money's there. Now, I, I found it odd that this reparations committee, also working on the treaty mob, treaty, this mob, uh, were relegated to uh, uh, to be the reparations committee and that for the stolen money and that, you know. Now, they were to give us 20 grand each with no proof of Aboriginality. To get the 80 grand, we had to prove Aboriginality. And again, this mob asked me down here in Victoria to through my Aboriginality to get the $80,000. Uh, I think even to get the 20 grand. Mm. And I took exception to it because I had just been given, could you 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I think you should have your hang your head in shame because I'm not going to prove my Aboriginality to you. You know, it's all bullshit, and I know that you are confounded with white people coming and claiming to be Aboriginal, Aboriginal people claiming to be stolen when they're not. Have you warned these people? Have you done your your you know your your, your corporate duty is to warn people that to claim Aboriginal when you're not to claim if you're Aboriginal that you're stolen when you're not stolen to claim this money can be you can be charged with fraud and perjury have you warned these people I did it a few times and then I, I won the the National NADOC uh, Elders Award Male Elder of the Award at the, uh, the Convention Centre even that didn't convince them mm. you know that I was Aboriginal so I, I said listen uh, it's about time that I actually make a threat to you, yeah. and that uh, we have to bash this out in uh, in a in a in a in a room down in William Street. Yeah. Can I take a photo of the Uncle Jacks? Is it right? Yeah. Um, in the Bender period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How did you get off it? Who was, was there a key person that got you off the heroin? Uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Only I could do it. Uh, and uh, I did it just before going in to do my one-year jail sentence in 2004. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so all 2005 I spent in jail. Uh, so that was that, and uh, about a month before I left, before the end of my sentence, Auntie Lorraine Peters and her daughter came in with the Maramali program, and that was the the uh, the uh, program that. Uh, yeah, it got me to start changing the course and direction. Well, I already was on that tack anyway, but it, it confirmed. Are we ready? Yeah. Hey. Yes. Come on, Wilson, you wait! Broadway, Wilson!